0: You are listening to This Is Us Podcast, Season 1, Episode 17, with Joanne Philomena from Joanne the Life Coach and Rachel Nochnius. This is a Joanne the Life Coach podcast production, which includes Widowcast and Weight Coach. Welcome back, everybody. We are finally here to record this episode. This is Joanne, the life coach, and Rachel Nochmias. Hey, everybody! This is us. Hey, Rachel. Season one, episode seventeen. What now? So, Rach, I'm so glad we could get back together for this. Here we are. Here we are. We're
1: still alive. In case anyone was worried that we were like together in a plane accident or something. I, oh my god, that's funny.
0: It's true though. I know. Like our listeners have been so patient, and occasionally we get a note that says, "Are you doing this episode?" It's like, well, yeah. At some point, we are both going to be back at our microphones, and we'll be able to jump on line together and do this. So, this episode, what now? This is the episode following the episode of William's death. I'm
1: really glad we don't have to record that one again. (laughs) I know, I
0: know. Well, I had real mixed feelings about this episode. I did. Yeah. Although, you know, there were definitely a couple points in here where, um, yeah, I cried. Even me. (laughs) Even me. Even you A lot of this felt like think there was a lot of misses in this episode too
1: i definitely didn't feel like not to get ahead of us but i definitely felt didn't feel like either of the last couple episodes of the season um really ended um on the strongest note for the show yeah. and um i guess maybe hence the non-eagerness to
0: uh do some chatting about it Probably so. Probably so. This episode really felt like um, it was just trying to fill in a lot of stuff. Hmm. You know, like filler stuff. And maybe like trying to create a bridge going somewhere else. I don't know. Anyway, we'll take it kind of point by point on this as best we can. Um, Because it opens with William writing a note, tucking in the girls. And he goes in and he takes a last look at the bedroom that he had been staying in, which was one of the girls' rooms. Mm-hmm. And as it sweeps around the room and comes back to the door again, suddenly it's Randall in present day at the door with a box in his arms, ready to pack up William's stuff. And Beth comes in and says, you know, you don't have to do this. It's only been a couple days which clearly this is their way of staging the episode so that we know this episode picks up just like two days after the end of the previous episode. Right. Yeah. And Randall reminisces a little bit, wonders out loud how he's going to honor his dad's legacy. Mm Mm-hmm. Beth discovers the note that's under William's pillow, and the note is instructions to his granddaughter's saying they are his two all-time favorite smiles, and he wants them to plan his memorial and make it fun. Right. Yeah. And once again, as this show has done in the past, we seem to suddenly be working within a very short time frame because the memorial is supposed to be tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but now the girls are going to plan and change everything in less than 24 hours.
1: There's a lot of TV magic that goes on in the show.
0: They do that a lot with these time frames. It's like, okay, right? You're gonna just cancel everything that Beth has planned, and the girls are gonna have all this stuff ready by tomorrow.
1: They, sure, they could have <laughs> easily just said next week and still had it take the the amount of time that it took in the episode. I
0: know it. I know it. I don't know where they how they play with time this way.
1: Um. <laughs> yeah, and this is us. Takes takes place in an alternate dimension. I think so. I think past so. past and the present it, are happening at the same time and it, parties take one day to plan.
0: When <laughs> they do these things, it like pulls me right out of the magic of the scene, you know, because my brain, I mean, maybe it's just who I am. Like I uh-huh. like, I like Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I think there,
1: there's the, um, we were having a little chat before the episode about, um, joanne kind of having a certain kind of personality type but i think that's definitely part of your very high alert detail oriented personality it is, it is is
0: liking liking excel spreadsheets um but yeah when they do something like that as soon as they say well the memorial's tomorrow and we're gonna you know i'll cancel the flowers and and my brain is going No, wait, this doesn't happen in less than 24 hours. You know, it just pulls me out of it because I, you know, I I fall into the logical, the logic of data on the Starship Enterprise. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, then we cut over to Kevin and he's leaving a voicemail for the critic who won't come back for the second opening night. Right. Right. This was, um, oh, what's his name? It uh, just escaped me. I think I have it written down in here further on. I can't remember. Novak, who, who is a famous right. critic. And right. he's saying, I've already come to opening night. Mm-hmm. And you choked. Right? <laughs> Not coming back again. Right. Um, he is with Sophie, his ex-wife. And they seem to be super reconnecting. Hmm. He wants her to sit with his family at the play for opening night. And she says she's going to sneak in after the lights go down and sit in the back row. Right. Right. So they're dating, but it seems Kevin's wanting to push it a little faster than Sophie's ready for.
1: Yeah. I mean, understandably.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, cause she was like friends with his family, so why does she feel so ostracized?
1: Oh well, that makes movie. it even that makes it even weirder. They had this they they were together their whole lives. she's known them her whole his family her whole life, yeah. and then they had what was probably like you know kind of an abrupt and maybe a little ugly divorce um when he cheated on her, and now she's just gonna like pop back in like hey guy he cheated on bad. her
0: and do you think that really would destroy her friendship with Kate like they've been friends their whole life
1: I mean yes because she's so close to Kevin and well, that's true, um but like was acting as his manager and was always with him like it just creates all this I'm sure it created all this awkwardness and like totally pushed her away from the rest of the family too for the rest yes. of that time um and now she's just going to like kind of waltz back in like i totally get it i think it would be super awkward if they weren't like a 100% sure they were like in this to win it now together like yeah. i yeah. i wouldn't want to show up in front of the family again cuz just bring up so many um you know kind of feelings from the past and uh questions that are awkward to answer and yeah
0: yeah well, yeah, but I mean, it's going to have to go there eventually.
1: Eventually, but th- I think she maybe still wants to um, just kind of take it slow and see yeah. where this is really going.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably so. Kevin, not being that kind of personality, just bursts right into the office of the critic right. <laughs> and begs him to come to opening night. Kevin being
1: a Labrador retriever in the form of a human man.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Uh, the critic is super insulting about Kevin's ability to actually act. Right. Right. Um, that he still, he like begs this guy to attend. hmm Then we go to Toby and Kate. With Kate, clearly she's on edge about the funeral. Right maybe not owning up to the fact that it's brought up all the feels about her dad's death. Yes. Yeah. And we just get a little brief glimpse of that between the two of them that, you know, this is Kate is not doing really great. Mm -hmm.
1: It's tough too, when you're kind of in that situation where, I mean, she gets into it a little more, but where she kind of knows she like, like that this situation isn't about her. But, like, she kind of can't help it anyway.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's also the fact that she's kept that so stuffed down. It's so tamped down that she hasn't even been able to tell Toby about her dad's death. Right. And when you tamp something down that way, it's going to keep pushing back at you. Right. Right. Yeah. Emotions. When you do that, it's like trying to hold a big beach ball underwater in the swimming pool with one hand. And the further you push it down in the water, the harder it tries to pop back up out of the water. For sure. Yeah. So then we get a flashback. Jack is at work celebrating somebody's retirement. Miguel tells him it's time to go home. And say a proper goodbye to his wife instead of following everybody to the local bar, right? Yeah. Um, because she's going to be off doing the road gig with the band. So Jack, Jack kind of agrees. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, I need to go home and say goodbye. Um, when right. he walks in, Rebecca's on the phone looking for him and pissed because he's late. So her attitude is a little <laughs> pissy when he walks in. Yeah. Right? They spat for a little bit back and forth and a horn honks. So she hits the road, right? She goes and hugs the kids. Did you notice Kevin is watching TV with Sophie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, got his arm around her. Yeah. Um, She hugs Kate. Goodbye. She hugs Randall. Goodbye. Uh, But from Jack, she gets a quick peck on the cheek. Right. Just, Just a quick bye and out the door. Clearly their relationship is not going great.
1: Yeah. It's tough to see them so strained at this stage.
0: Yeah, it really is. Kate just gives her dad a look. Right. And he caves immediately and goes back out the door to go grab Rebecca and kiss her goodbye, but he just misses her. The car pulls off. Then we get a scene where Kate, teenage Kate is in the car with Jack and asking him if he and her mom are okay. And she gets on him a little bit about not going to see Rebecca on her opening night. Right. Like, like he says, it's two hours away. And she says, yeah, dad, it's only two hours away.
1: Right. Like he could go if he really wanted to.
0: Right. Right. And, you know, Jack being best dad in the world again, of course, is telling her why it's the last thing she should be worried about. Right. But, you know, it's clear that he's moved by Kate's concerns. Right. Then we see him eating Chinese food alone in front of the TV. He jumps up, grabs his keys. But instead of heading to Rebecca's premiere, he goes to the after work party at the local bar. Right. And that redhead from the office is hitting on him. There she is again. This is trouble. (laughs) I hate women like that. Yeah. I mean... Who who doesn't hate women like that? that I mean, talking. I guess
1: I think we could also say men like that. Like it's just not super cool to me,
0: Hating right. on people on who are married in a relationship like that. Yeah, he's telling her at the bar that his wife is on tour with a band, and she says, "Oh, she knew something was up with him," and puts a hand on his leg. And Jack says, "Enough! I'm a married man." Right. You're Embarrassing me and you're embarrassing yourself, which really like puts her down.
1: Uh Uh-huh. That's, that's one way to get rid of a woman like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the line that works, right? You're embarrassing me and you're embarrassing yourself. Yeah. That's a real get out of here. I would probably never speak to him again. Yes. (laughs) Um. Then we get a scene with Randall again. He's looking at poems for my son that his dad left him. And Mm -hmm. he gets a call from Jesse, who's not doing terribly well. Right. Apparently he and William had said their goodbyes before William even went with Randall to Nashville. But he said it was still a shock for him. Yeah. Um, Jesse says that he needs time. Apparently, he's not going to come for the memorial services. But he does relay a story about William and a young kid that came to their group, uh, apparently had a Vicodin addiction, that nobody could, the kid was just really not buying it from anybody. But William pretended to be interested in football just so that he could connect with this kid who needed some support. Mm-hmm. So, and that's apparently the whole point of this phone call between Randall and Jesse. Right. Is you get that shared story, you know, just both of them touching base with each other. This is the only thing they really have in common between Randall and Jesse is William. For sure. That's been established. In the past. Yeah. Um, when someone has died And you have somebody else that can share like a really insightful story about the person with you. Something that you would have never guessed about their character. This is like so important. And it happens. Most people won't talk about the dead person. I know this. I know this is a widow. Most people did not want to talk to me about Jim. They would do anything to avoid bringing it up. Right. That was protecting me. And the most treasured friend was the one who sat down to share old stories with me about Jim. Right. Right. The most treasured cards I got were people who would write just a little bit about something that Jim did that so connected for them and made an impact on their life. To me, those stories were like, wow, you know, and I didn't even know this about him. So there was a little of that element in that phone call between Jesse and Randall. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, So
1: it isn't interesting thinking about this scene kind of brought up a lot of um, thoughts for me about Jesse's role as a character in the series in general. And just thinking about how, um, how i i still just kind of like i don't dislike him i'm not against the whole thing but i do kind of feel like it was a distraction like i I feel like they they didn't go all in on having that him as a character in this and they didn't really like and they didn't not include him either so i i felt like the writing on him as a character in general was like kind of questionable for me and i'm still left feeling like i'm not entirely sure like it was nice to have somebody to stand in in that role in this particular scene of like somebody else who loves the person who's gone mm-hmm. but i i don't know i just i don't know why he was there um i feel like they should have either really committed to that harder or not had him at all
0: I think so, too. I mean, they never developed Jesse as a character, and they really exactly. only used him in this way, that they used him to, you know, do this one little token bit. Right. And that's kind of what they would pull him in for. Like, when they, when you needed just one little fill-in piece, it's like, oh, let's have Jesse show up. Right. <laughs> right? Yes. It's like, to me, the main device of it was to reveal that Randall was gay. Right. right. Not Randall, William, I mean. And I don't know that that added much to William's character or the story. Because they never really developed anything around their relationship together.
1: Yeah, like, or like any other part of, you know, William's life as, um, or, you know, let's say a bisexual man, maybe. Um, Like, they, they just never really did anything with that whole plot line. And um, yet, you know, it was clearly, it felt very attention grabbing in one sense, but it wasn't very satisfying.
0: A hundred percent. That was my impression of it. And I thought this is such a shame because they're passing up an opportunity, but it's almost as if they said, oh, wait, we need to have a gay character in this show. Yeah, I mean. So let's make William gay and we'll bring in this Jesse guy for like five seconds on screen. It
1: it did <laughs> right. kind of feel like that. And, again, I think it could have been done in a way that um, it would have been worth bringing in that character and it wouldn't have felt like, um, oh, well, you know, let's – we got everything but the kitchen sink in this show. So let's throw, you know, let's throw one more thing in. like. Right. It it would have it would have felt just more intentional if they had really developed that character or that relationship or even just given a really strong reason in the plot why he had to be there. But there was right. just there
0: I, my well, my they never developed it. And they actually made it like the butt of jokes through the rest right. of the episodes. You know, with the little girl saying, Don't you get it, Daddy, he's gay or whatever right. they would say, you know. That would be so precocious and you know they got to like keep pulling it like a rabbit out of a hat whenever they needed something i didn't yeah. like that i mean yes make make a gay character but For make sure. it have meaning and make it be developed right you know don't yeah. just use it as a little card you're going to play throughout the show i yeah. didn't like that
1: yeah or like any and i think i feel like even if it were just a woman in that role like um it's still like and they had done the exact same things almost with her I mean it would have been a little different but similar things with her it it would have still felt like pointless because there wasn't enough time to develop that character and now that William's gone there never will be
0: right right it was just almost meaningless in there so if any of you listeners disagree with us, because Rachel and I are apparently in total agreement on this. <laughs> right. If you disagree with us, write us and tell us so. Yeah, <laughs> We'd well, love to hear another point of view. Yeah, we don't we'll have a different point of view for this one. Right. Um, but now it's true. And we do, sometimes we agree, Rachel, a lot. Yeah, we do, <laughs> we do. So then we hit the front doorbell for Randall. He goes to the door, and it's the mailman delivering a box of pears. Yeah. And the mailman asks how William is doing and is clearly hit hard when he hears that he passed. Yeah. And Randall discovers that his dad totally got to know and connected with the mailman on his morning walks. Right? Right. So this was like one more tribute added on for how William connected with people in a special way. It was like another one of those shared stories of something. Randall totally knew nothing about his dad. Right. It's like, oh, God, dad took the time every morning out on his walks to get to know the mailman. Right. Mm hmm. So um, the parish are from his office. Beth kind of acerbically says, really, after all those years, this is what your office sends you? Yeah. Now, if my first impression at this point in the show was like, I don't know that if offices I worked for would have even sent me a card, truth be told, when my dad died. (laughs) I I don't remember getting anything when my dad died.
1: I feel like Randall's position in this case is like a as a partner though. Yeah. And I feel like like if my like if my mom's partner's dad died, she would for sure be sending something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think because um, about- my
1: my mom's a lawyer. So like like people what? you're partners with at like a firm or or I think this is, you know, like in their investment building. Mhm. I mean, I get what you're saying, and I don't have the most experience with working in, you know, yeah. that kind of environment. But, I mean, if you're going to, it's almost better to send nothing than to send something that the person is allergic to, though.
0: Yeah, but we don't know that yet in this episode. They haven't told us yet that Randall's <laughs> allergic to bears. All they're right. showing us is the box of pears and Beth saying, really, after all these years, this is what they send you? Right, I guess. <laughs>
1: you know, yeah. Again,
0: I guess. Uh,
1: I mean, what are you supposed to send when somebody, like, I mean, it, only only with that added layer of meaning does that comment even make any sense? Because well, I know.
0: except that when he opens the card, it is a typed card, like nobody signed it. Right, I caught that. You know, it's just typed yes. on there, and I thought, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay, that is a little shitty. Like they could have passed it around the office and let people sign it. I mean, to be fair, like
1: you know, everybody, everybody's probably sending flowers, and you have a million flowers, and there's all these people around a lot of time when somebody dies. So, yeah. like having having well, some pears isn't the worst yeah. thing in the world. In my I don't defense,
0: know. though, I thought you know, getting a box of pears, yeah, that's kind of I would have liked that when my dad died.
1: Like if you. If you don't know that he's allergic to them, which I'm right. also allergic to pears, so I kind of have a special sympathy for this. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. if you don't know he's yeah, allergic to them, it then it's more, kind of like...
0: It is more revealing later in the episode when he lets us know that like, he's allergic to pears and they knew that. Right. But at at this point, we don't know that he's allergic to pears. All right. we got is that Beth is kind of pissy about them having sent him a box of pears. And I'm thinking, God, what's wrong with that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it it kind of, maybe it's a little forced in the writing, like, because of what they're, I I feel like I warned that this was going to happen. I'm like, now the writer's going to have to find something else to do with Randall.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And here they
1: go. Here it goes.
0: Here it goes. Um, then we get the scene where everybody is arriving for the memorial. We see Miguel and Rebecca, and Rebecca is saying, you know, Randall's not been the same with me since learning that she knew of William before, and she's really nervous about this whole thing. Yeah. Toby and Kate get out of their car. There's clearly still friction between them. Mm. Kate is freaking out. And Toby says, you know, the girls asked for 50 balloons. Okay, I popped one in the car. (laughs) Right. And this is what apparently what Kate is freaking out about. Kevin, being her twin and sensing her so well, grabs her and says, hey, is everything okay? Mm -hmm. Um, And she just nods. And Randall shows up. Calling it the Funeral, mm-hmm. which is great. That's what yeah. my friend, I had a friend that was diagnosed being terminal and given two years to live. And she decided she did not want to miss out on all the memorials, all the um, people saying wonderful things about her. So she she did her own funeral and she called it a Funeral so that we could all come eulogize her and she would get to hear everything we're going to say about her when she died. It was it was really fun that's, it was cool that's
1: fun actually that's i mean it's it's nice because a lot yeah, of well, times it's like yeah i mean i get it the funeral's for the family right but yes. um you know it it feels like it's for the person but they're you know they're not
0: yeah no the funeral with with claudine was amazing because we got to celebrate her life with her mm-hmm. instead of celebrating it after she you know after she was gone yeah um and the kicker is this was over 20 years ago and Claudine is still alive. No she kidding. Apolog- she apologizes to us every Christmas and Christmas cards. Like, <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to still be here. This is embarrassing after throwing my own funeral. <laughs> All right. It's, it's wonderful that, you know. I'm doctors, sure everyone would prefer just, her to. Doctors yeah. just shrug. They're like, damn. Um, anyway, so Randall comes out calling it the funeral. Everybody just kind of gives him this dead look. The girls come running out all excited. They pop confetti. Kate, in shock, lets go of her balloons. <laughs> Which now you're like, okay, so now they're down to 24 balloons, right? Right. <laughs> so the girls are cute about the funeral. The adults yeah. are all just kind of barely being tolerant of this, right? Um, We cut to a scene where Beth is looking at William's pills in in the cabinet and saying that, you know, she just refilled all his pills. And it comes out that she is saying everyone got some way of touching base with William for a goodbye and that she loved him too. She loved him, and she took care of him, and she never got a chance to say goodbye. She's telling Mm. Randall this. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, I get it. I get it. She feels like she didn't get her moment. Everybody else did.
1: Yeah, and she was kind of the one who was home spending a lot of time with him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she got real attached to William. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, they are toasting with blue Hawaiians saying the girls misunderstood it. And somebody said, oh, did they, did he mean the movie? And Beth said, no, it was his favorite strain of weed. Oh, <laughs> So they're reminding us again of his addiction, but maybe also reminding us again of the connection that Beth had with him, that she knew this about him. Right. Right. His favorite strain of weed. Randall gets up to speak with a pink microphone from the girls' karaoke. Did you notice that? It was like this little Barbie microphone or something he was <laughs> yeah. talking to. Yeah. Um, but instead of speaking, he turns the mic over to Beth for her to speak instead of him, which is like good for you, Randall. He knew after what she had said to him in the kitchen about not getting to say goodbye. So he gave it to her, saying she was the person who was in it every single day for him. Right. In other words, she was the one looking after him, cooking organic vegetables for him. And when she speaks, she confesses that she's mad at him for leaving. Which I think people often feel that way when they lose someone. Hmm. Um, and we get to speak of everything that William was to Beth. She's very emotional. And she talks about, you know, the little things that used to annoy her about him, like the fact that he hummed while brushing his teeth. Mm -hmm. But those things are what became endearing, like she got used to them. And I think this is how we love our people. You know, the people in our lives that we are with day in, day out this is kind of how we love them because all of their annoying little things really are endearing to us. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just like they're, they're all part of what just becomes the fabric of our day. Yeah. And so when they're gone, suddenly you miss that. It's like, Oh, it used to annoy me so much when he would do this. And now it's like, I would give anything for this person to be here and do this. (laughs) <laughs> you know, hum while they're brushing their teeth. Right. Kate is breaking down, and she just runs out of the house. Toby is trying to come after her, and she's like, "No, like she can't even talk to Toby. She just needs to go outside." And Randall follows her. She thinks it's Toby till she turns around and sees it's Randall and hugs her. Um, she's saying she's sorry. She should be comforting him. All her dad stuff is coming up. And she's saying to Randall, I'm so sorry you had to go through this twice, which that kind of got to me because realizing that she is so wounded by her father's death, the fact that she could acknowledge that, oh my God, my brother Randall is having to experience this twice, losing a dad. Yeah. Um. Randall tells her about a dream he had about Jack and William getting to meet. I loved this scene. I love the scene of Jack and William sitting on a sofa laughing and talking together. Right. Randall, um, William tells Jack about Randall teaching him how to drive. And Jack says, Randall, Randall. And he shares the story about teaching Randall how to drive. So that was just a really neat scene. I like that. That was like warm fuzzies. Yeah.
1: And a little bit of fan service, maybe. Well, yeah. (laughs) Get to see two of our, you know, two characters that people tend to really like together who normally wouldn't be
0: together. Right. Right. They they just never could be together. Right. Randall tells her she needs to let her feelings out and share them with the family around her. Right. Yeah. Um, And I kind of think, nice try, Randall. Uh (laughs) first we have to acknowledge our feelings and know what they are before we get to share them and I think she had not even done that
1: yeah but um, I think it's nice to I I felt like sometimes um, even though there's not like the rift between Randall and Kate that there is between Randall and Kevin sometimes like there's not that much showing us their relationship so I liked this scene
0: yeah. Yeah. Then the girls get everybody to go put on old man hats <laughs> and go on Williams' daily walk. Right. I do love this. Yeah. I do love this. Um so and it's also a great device because then we hear pieces of conversation between characters as they're doing Williams' walk. Right. Right. Kate is telling Toby that she wants to share with him what's going on with her about her dad. Mhm. Right. Kevin has to leave because he's headed to the theater to get ready for his show. Uh, Rebecca and Randall were talking about William connecting with the girls. And Rebecca says, Jack taught you a lot about honesty and courage. But from the time you were small, you always had this gentleness and inner, inner kindness from the start. And I think you got this from William. Hmm. And she insists she needs to say her piece to Randall about what happened when she met William right? and tells him how, you know, William, how far gone his dad was when she first met him, which is true. He was a total junkie. Then there was no way she was going to let him near the baby. Right. Yeah. Um, but then meeting him again years later, he was better and she got scared. Because she knew it was going to devastate Randall when she told him that she knew of his dad. Yeah. And as each opportunity kind of passed by, she just couldn't bring herself to do that.
1: I mean, to be fair, though, something that has never really come up or even maybe occurred to me too much. But like, I don't remember William saying he went looking for Randall either. That's true. I mean, maybe he just wanted to, He maybe he kind of gathered from what happened that Rebecca didn't want him as a part of Randall's life and he wanted to honor that. But presumably he would have known exactly how old Randall was at what point. Mm-hmm. So you would have thought, like, I don't know, maybe he would have looked for him once he was an adult? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's true. Now she did tell him the second time that she saw Randall. She told him she did not want him to see the to see her son. Right.
1: So I get why William
0: I mean. She told William, you know, there's no way. So, you know, he might have honored that. But you're right. Like by the time Randall became an adult, you would think William could reach out too, and he didn't
1: right i mean like i could definitely i understand why on one sense like maybe he was scared or or this or that but um like he probably had a much better chance at finding randall than randall had of finding him That's because true. he knew who um who ended up adopting randall right and he
0: knew where randall was right
1: yeah so um
0: you yeah, would, and, I yeah. Could, and you know, in Rebecca's defense, I could see where over the years, you know, at first she was just scared of this, and then she realized how much it was going to devastate him, and she just couldn't bring herself to do that. The, yeah, for sure. You know, I could totally see that. Anyway, she does apologize to him. She says it was selfish and wrong. You know, Randall accepts this. He hugs her. He tells her he loves her. They embrace. So we get that whole makeup scene. Mm-hmm. between the two of them, which was great. Uh, then we go to Kevin's opening. And Sophie shows up in his dressing room and she brings him a crutch for when <laughs> for when he breaks a leg. Which right. just hokey, but cute.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes some of those stupid, corny little things you do when you're in a relationship with someone right. are, you know, like it... If anybody else saw it, you would cringe, but anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it's the hokey, cute stuff you have between you. Yeah. Right? Totally. Um, and we see everyone in the audience. We see the play. Um, we see the empty seat where the critic should be, and he's not there. And we see Sophie standing in the very back. Yeah. And at the end of the play, when everyone's applauding, she ducks out. Um, his family all come back into the dressing room. Congratulations all around. They're all super proud. Yes. Yeah. Um, we see Beth and Randall leaving, and Randall wants to stop by his office. And she's like, you know, Randall, it's 10 o'clock. And he's like, no, no, I gotta stop. I've got to stop in. So she heads home, clearly thinking, you know, here he is. He's going back to work at 10 o'clock at night. But what he does is he goes in and tells them how he feels about all that he had done for the company over the years. And they sent him pears, which mm-hmm. he's allergic to. This is right. when we find out he's allergic to it. And they right. know this about him because he went into anaphylactic shock. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, you know, and the card with the typed signature from the team. Mm-hmm. So he decides he's honoring his dad's legacy by quitting his job. Yeah. Right? He's dumping the business suit. Do it, I Randall. I
1: totally <laughs> saw this coming a mile away.
0: Yeah, and they say to him, what are you going to do? And he says, I don't know. Maybe instead of running in the morning, I'll go for a walk. Slow it down a little.
1: Right. Right.
0: So I think when we get into the next season of this show, we're mm-hmm. going to see a very different Randall.
1: Yeah. And I think maybe his, his next uh, sort of phase in life is going to be figuring out now that he's quit his job, what he wants to be when he grows up. Right.
0: Right. And do we foresee a little bit of friction and pressure between he and Beth? When all of a sudden he's not bringing home a paycheck anymore? I mean, it it
1: seems like that would be the case. I mean, maybe they'll just magically sweep that under the rug by, like, having Beth go back to work instead immediately. Um, But, uh, yeah, it does kind of feel like, you know, he might have at least told her first, although she doesn't seem like the type who would, I mean, she seemed like she had had it with his workplace also, so. Right,
0: right. Oh, I'm sure she would have been supportive if he had talked to her about it first, but not talking to her about it first, and then going home and saying, by the way, I quit my job. (laughs) That's not going to feel so accepting. Yeah,
1: like I said, maybe he'll get, she'll go right back to work and they'll somehow, you know, make a plot point that explains why that doesn't end up being a point of contention between them. Uh, Like he just gets a dead dad pass and she takes care of it or who knows what. Um, But yeah, maybe that will be a a major issue going into the next season. I guess we'll just have to see where the writers are going with this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting for sure. I mean, when I was watching him quit his job, I was like cheering him on.
1: Oh, for sure. I think everyone was kind of, um over it with those people.
0: Yeah. And that's what everybody who gets into a dead I don't want to say it was a dead end corporate job. They were really beginning to dead end him by giving more and more of his clients to this other guy. Right. And I think all of us have been in a place at some point in time where we have felt like I gotta just walk out of this. Right. I can't uh-huh. just keep doing this for the paycheck. Yeah. We see Kevin out front of the play with his crutch. Sophie is there. She's still outside waiting for him, apparently. Tells him he broke the hell out of that leg. Yeah. He talks about Novak being a no-show and that he originally thought that the play was all that mattered, but then he saw his family and saw her, and he knew he had actually come back back to New York to win back his girl and says, I'm not messing it up with you again. I came here for you, Sophie. So now we're beginning to see more and more of Jack and Kevin. I mean, in this scene, he was totally Jack to me. Right. It was just, yeah. It was like the perfect guy. Yeah. um, And
1: just that, Um, real kind of solid family-oriented perspective that Jack had.
0: Right, right. And saying, you know, I realized I came back to New York to win back my girl. Mm -hmm. You know, I came here for you. That was like, wow. Um, We see Beth come home to the empty house. Decorations are still up. And she goes through the mail on the table. And she finds the postcard from William. She gets her goodbye. Right? This made even me cry, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I cried.
1: I When I watched this through originally, I cried at the mailman scene also. <laughs>
0: did you? Yeah.
1: yeah. I, did. I totally did.
0: Um, This made oh. me cry even on the second watch through. Yeah, I And mean, you know, I had to do a rewatch on this before I could talk about it. It had been so long ago since I watched it. And yeah, the scene made me cry again. Beth with that postcard just got me somehow. Yeah. Um, and then when I stopped crying, Ron Howard called Kevin. <laughs> 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 Which Kevin's not believing initially. It's like, yeah, sure. Right. This is Ron Howard, you know. Um Apparently, Ron Howard's niece wanted to see the manny mm-hmm. right, so they take her to the play, and Ron says, "Wow, you were phenomenal. You'd be perfect for the movie I'm shooting next month can right. i send Can I send you the script which this is like the phone call Everybody who has ever done any kind of acting wants to get from Ron Howard right." You know, <laughs> I want Ron Howard to call me and tell me how great I am on my podcast, and maybe I could come read for him.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that like is going to change everything for. Kevin. I
1: feel. I feel like like there's a distinct like percentage of Ron Howard's career at this point that's like playing Ron Howard in that role on like every show and I know movie it. ever. I
0: know it. I love it. I do. <laughs> Somebody had posted and said, if Kevin is going to go back to L.A., I can handle that if we get another cameo from Ron Howard. This
1: is hilarious.
0: <laughs> so, um, then we kind of get a flashback again, and Jack is arranging for the kids to stay with mom. hmm Right? Um And that's just like that little peek in. Then we go back to Kate and Kate saying, wasn't this great? He crushed it. And Toby wants to talk about her dad. Yeah. And Kate says, you're right. If we're going to start a life together in LA, I have to tell you. And she says, dad's death is my fault. I'm the reason he's dead. Right. And then we see Jack on the phone talking to Kate. And telling her she's right. She was right, and he's going to fix things with her mom. Mm -hmm. Drunk, he gets back in his car, and we know he's heading to see Rebecca. Mm -hmm. And we all think for sure this is where Jack is going to die. Right. (laughs) Except that he doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I've totally lost the last page of notes. <laughs> is that it? I guess that's it. We see him that's drive it on off. This
1: episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um yeah, that's where we leave it. Like Jack is driving drunk.
1: Right. It's a little little bit of a cliffhanger on the uh plot line from the past for this episode.
0: It sure does. And is this the first time they've left it in the past? I think it, it might be. Uh, You you, come back to the present at the end of this. um,
1: No, because there was that episode that ended with Jack and Rebecca in the bathroom at their, their first apartment. And she said it it ended on her saying, you know, the band got a tour and I think I want to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're totally right.
1: Um, So I think it has ended in the past before, but it is a little unusual for an episode that was mostly focused on the present time timelines um, to end in the past and on a cliffhanger. So yes. it's a little interesting, kind of compositionally, this episode. Like they did, they definitely did tie in what they were showing you from the past. With with the present day plot line, by the time we got to the end with that little scene with Kate, um, mm-hmm. but most of, throughout most of the episode, what they were showing from the past, at least to me, felt a little disjointed with what was happening in the present day. Yeah, but it wasn't a it wasn't a bad episode. It was just kind of a lukewarm one for me.
0: I think so. I think it was just setting up a lot of stuff to be happening down the line for us. Um we do have some feedback. Oh, yay, feedback time. We do. Cheryl Fox sent us her top 3 moments. Again, hi Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl. It's been a <laughs> she minute. liked this. She liked this episode. Oh, good. She said I had a problem getting to it because my provider took NBC off the air. How dare that? So she had to wait to watch. I know it. I think like cable providers have these things that go down every now and then. Where they're like, we're not renewing you until you bend to our will. I know Time Warner did that with CBS one year. And oh, I was like, God. thank God. Because there's only one thing I had ever watched on CBS. And I thought, I'm not going to miss it. Right. <laughs> so, But if they took NBC off in the middle of This Is Us, that's not cool. That's not cool. Anyway, she liked this episode. Um, she said it took a little bit to get going. But once it got moving, there were a lot of interesting items going on. Well, but I agree. It got, took a little bit to get going. Here's her big three moments. Mm-hmm. Oh, she says, before I start, though, It is it me or does Sterling K. Brown seem to command our intention in every scene he's in? Mm-hmm. Yes, Randall yeah, does. Agree. Even this week when Kevin was getting the accolades from his play, Randall had the best line a yep. man stands where the manny once stood or something like that. That's right. a good line. <laughs> that is very funny. Oh god. Anyway, her big 3. And we get them in reverse order from 3 up to her number one moment. So 3 is the funeral. And she had often wondered why the word fun was in the word funeral. And to be honest, I had never noticed it was until Claudine gave herself her funeral yeah. and called yeah. it a funeral. Um, Cheryl says they're not fun at all. Having Tessa and Annie plan their grandfather's funeral was such a fun way to incorporate them. The show did a great job in that. I love that they had breakfast, had his favorite drink, and donned their fedoras and took a walk. I loved that we saw how important the walk was to William before this By bringing in the mailman to talk to Randall about him. To learn how caring William was and how he touched a lot of people in such a nice way to honor his character. Okay? Mm. So, apparently Cheryl was not bothered by the less than 24-hour time span for the girls (laughs) to do this.
1: (laughs) Or if she was, it just didn't ruin it for
0: her, kind of like me. She's like, maybe not into Excel spreadsheets, so. <laughs> they just
1: don't, they, maybe they don't do it for Cheryl. Maybe we we'll should write us a note next time and tell us she'll what tell our us. feelings she'll, on she'll spreadsheets. Us. She'll
0: tell us. <laughs> <laughs> her number two, when Randall and Kate were having the touching moment in front of the house where Kate broke down and Randall is trying to comfort her and he tells her a story of when all the kids were learning to drive. Um, oh, that was actually, yeah, when he was telling his dream of, those two talking. So did this episode tonight, the kids needed a ride to a party. I take that to mean that they can't drive yet. So if he teaches them to drive, then when he drives away to Cleveland, he doesn't die this night like the producers want us to believe. Oh, that was an interesting two and two to put together. Mm. Because he taught the kids how to drive and they were too young to know how to drive yet when he got in the car, drunk to drunk drive to where Kate is. So the mystery is still surrounding this, even though Kate believes she is the cause of Jack's death. She needs to forgive herself on so many levels. Yes. Well, that's that I agree with. Good catch, Cheryl. I didn't catch that. That if he taught the kids to drive, then... Although, I don't know, they may have been 16 in those
1: scenes. Do you think? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I don't necessarily... I don't know if that connection is there. I agree. I was agreeing that Kate needs to forgive herself about a lot of things.
0: Right, right. Oh, but she was saying in this episode, the kids needed a ride to a party. I don't remember Maybe that. they
1: just don't have a car, though. They might have a permit or a license, but yeah, not.
0: Yeah, who knows? Anyway, it is kind of. one. Yeah, it
1: is kind of weird timing because we know that he dies when they're still. He, this is the year that he dies, I believe. Um, ah, yeah, They're I showing. And so the kids are 16. So, I mean, different states have different things. I think in PA, it used to be pretty, at this time point, it used to be pretty young, the legal driving age or the age that you could get your permit or whatever. So yeah. maybe they, they that might be a state where they could have got it when they were 15.
0: Yeah, could have been. California was 15 for your learner's permit. Uh-huh. And I think you get your license at 16. Hmm. May not be that way now, but that's how it was when I was growing up.
1: Yeah. I think I remember because I went to high school in Philadelphia, even though my parents lived in New Jersey. So some of the kids at school were from PA and some were from New Jersey. And I'm pretty sure the kids from PA got their licenses before we did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Okay. Cheryl's number one, the surprise at the end of the show, Ron Howard makes a guest appearance. Love him. (laughs) This has caused a huge dilemma for Kevin. Kevin. Will he or won't he leave for Alley to be in this movie? My prediction, Kevin just told Sophie that he doesn't want to mess this up with her. He won't go or he will take her with him. That's Cheryl's last word on the episode. Mm. He says, keeping it in the family, Cheryl. P.S. Have we all felt left out like Beth and then come to find out how special we were to someone? Total crying point there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So some good catches, thank you, Cheryl. That's some thank interesting you. stuff. We appreciate why, your feedback. That's why our listeners need to give us feedback because they catch stuff that we don't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you more. see the
1: thing I sent you about the the doors in the previous episode? Because we had that had that whole thing about the episode in the previous episode where William died about the doors in his old house.
0: Um, I don't remember. Anyway, it was just. Um, oh, I think so. Is this from your? Um, well, I can't say. Was this yeah. the feedback note that you forwarded to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About Memphis. Yeah. Okay, we'll we'll cover that when we're done with this one. Yeah, we'll could jump back to that because first Deb Battle wrote and said. Um, just realized something about Ron Cephas Jones. Who is that? She says, "I can't believe I didn't put this together." Ron Cephas Jones' daughter Jasmine was in the Broadway musical *Hamilton* as Peggy Shuler. Maria went riddles. I don't get the connection, Deborah. You totally lost me on that one. And yeah, then yeah, she- I
1: I don't know either.
0: Yeah. Then she sent us for episode 17 loved the idea of the kids running William's Wake. Also wanted to see more of the people William talked to in Randall's neighborhood. Yeah, we could have had another story or two tucked in there. Yeah. Um, I
1: mean, I do I actually kind of think in some ways they kind of they kind of rushed to the end of the Williams story arc. Um, yeah. like, cause y- you know, time in a TV show can be whatever you want it to be. Um, and so it, it kind of does feel like, I don't know. It kind of felt like to me that, um, there were, um, like things that happened that we
0: didn't see. I don't know Could be But they could rush it I mean this is the show that tends to do party planning In less than 24 hours (laughs) Right. For birthdays For funerals
1: (laughs) We also do move forward And back in time liberally So we may get some of that In the future Like we might see more of William Next season It'll just be in um, You know a flashback to when he was alive
0: That's true. We could get some flashbacks. Maybe they'll fill us more on uh, Jesse. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Anyway, you're right. We did get feedback on Memphis from Barbara, Mm -hmm. and she hated the episode title Memphis. (laughs) She She hated the title. She She found the filming dark, like the topic of death, and entire episode on William boring and contrived. In fact, I may not like William at all for being a nudge and frustrating Randall. Why can't dying parents just behave? (laughs) Maybe the underlying adoption issue annoyed me. Um, This is really fun. She says the incongruence of adoptions at an extreme is certainly depicted in this episode, particularly when you transcend race a glimpse into the world of adoption, and despite a wonderful childhood, the adoptee will never become what they were destined had they stayed with their birth family. This illustrates my point. I'm not sure if they were using the term cuz to refer to an actual related cousin or more like referring to a homie or friend. You need to refer to the Urban Dictionary I have quite a few black patients that use the word cuz to be not quite so literal as Joanne is referring to it. Oh, but I do think they were family. I, I thought that too. Her whole thing was that like it
1: seemed like they were kind of like trying to make Randall look like he didn't get it. Like he didn't get the culture of that place. But I didn't think that they were going for that at all. I mean, like, I get what, like, I get the rationale behind layering that meaning onto that scene, but it just wasn't what I interpreted from it.
0: Yeah, that wasn't what I interpreted either. But she really questions, are they really relatives, or is he misinterpreting the term, because William was in a real black world, and Randall will never quite understand that world just like us and millions of white viewers, that door was shut forever when he was brought up in a white household. I don't know about that. I mean, he kept reaching out to black friends. I think he definitely had had that connection. Um, The lady at the pool, I can't remember her name, but it was implied that she and Rebecca had become very close friends. Right. And that, you know, he went on play dates over to her house often. Um, Right. So, I mean, like, I think,
1: like, I, I I do think it's never, like, it it never really, doesn't matter who, what kind of adopt, adoption situation you were in, it's mm-hmm. definitely true that you'll never have, you know, the like, for better or for worse, you'll never have the life or the kind of upbringing that you would have had if your birth pres- parents raised
0: you. That's true. Yeah, that is true. And that's a very valid point that Barbara brings up.
1: Um, So so that I definitely agree with. I mean, maybe that was the thing with the doors that it was just kind of supposed to represent um, either like a missed opportunity or somewhere where um, you went before, but you could never go back again. Something like that could be could be
0: yeah, she goes on about the doors after saying that door was shut forever when he was brought up in a white household. Right. And she says, is the sealed up brick door symbolism of the choices made? When one door closes, another one opens. Randall didn't get the black culture from birth, but he certainly got a privileged education and now a lucrative position. The holy gates never to be opened except for special entrances. From Wikipedia, the Porta Santa is a holy door traditionally refers to an entrance portal located within the papal manor basilicas in Rome. The doors are normally sealed by mortar and cement from the inside so they cannot be opened. Randall, you'll never be the black man that William was. That fate was sealed at your adoption. And she says, "Oh God, I could go down a rabbit hole of sealed adoption records. <laughs> it's a lot of symbolism here. Is it a foreshadowing, a foreshadowing of what's to come with William's death as he moves towards the pearly gates?" Barbara, that's some
1: amazing insight. It was definitely a very um, in-depth analysis. And yeah. to be fair, at the t- I remember in our discussion of this scene. You and I kind of couldn't totally make heads or tails of um, what that door was supposed to mean. Right, that
0: sealed up door.
1: Yeah, it felt like it definitely was supposed to be something, Um, but you or I didn't get it. Maybe Barbara has, has got it. I guess probably only the writers know the answer.
0: Right, right. Well, Barbara certainly touched on something, except the door was sealed up for William, not for Randall. Right,
1: right. That I I agree with that. I don't think Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe that's just a different way of looking at the episode as like I guess if you look at the episode from the lens of really being an episode about Randall, then maybe, but yeah. um but yeah, I I I think she also She shares some of the concerns that I have had, have expressed in the past about William being just a little too perfect to be real. Um,
0: Well, we have a lot of that going on in this show. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's definitely, it's part of the, it's part of the fantasy of This Is Us, is that there, there are these people who are, you know, um, wiser than it makes sense maybe for any one human to be Um, and, you know, a a bigger person at tougher moments than almost anyone would be.
0: Right. Right. So interesting stuff. But I think they do that because for a long time in this um, show, Jack was impossibly perfect. Yeah. Yeah. To the point that now that we're starting to see a few little cracks in Jack mm-hmm. towards the end of the season, there are people who still don't buy it. There are people who still idolize Jack totally. Yeah. So um, a lot of Jack fans out there. And I am not putting down Jack. No. I know. I want the T-shirt that says Jack raising the bar on for all men every week. <laughs> right? Right. Raising the bar for husbands everywhere. I think that's what the shirt says. Weekly. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah. But, you know, we're watching something that is like drama, soap opera. This is not reality TV. So I guess they kind of get to take us wherever they want to go with these characters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess that's part of the genre that i think this show really belongs to um and uh so it just kind of makes sense to me in a way there's almost something nostalgic about this show like it feels like i don't know it feels almost like an updated um version of one of those like family sitcoms from like the 50s or 60s or something where where, you know everybody's left with warm fuzzies at the end and they've kind of updated it by adding in a little more tension and drama but still there's plenty of uh, warm fuzzies to go around
0: yeah there could have been more on this episode we'll take what we can get anyway this wraps us up for episode 17 what now thank you for joining me rachel oh thanks for having me yet again and we will see you all on the flip side for the season finale get out there enjoy some life and remember this is us keep it real